Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Sander Lanch podcast. Uh, in this episode, we're going to cover Mistborn, the Final Empire, chapters two and three, wherein things start coming together faster than probably anyone here anticipated, I suspect. Uh, I am Data, and with me is uh, Joe, Jamie, and Dak. And we are going to get right into talking about this. Hold on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Okay, thanks for joining me, guys, and uh, let's just start out, like, what were your overall thoughts on these two chapters? Things happened a lot faster than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Yeah. Um, Yeah, characters met up that I was not expecting to meet up for a while, and um, yeah, stuff went down. So we learned a lot in these chapters, I think, that we were speculating about in the first couple of chapters we read too so it was it was nice to have some answers a bit quicker than i thought we would for some of those things right yeah it addressed a lot of the stuff that we talked about last time i felt mm-hmm. like yeah. really did <laughs> what about you joe what did you think um yeah i i agree um i think my favorite thing about it is that in chapter three he explains mistings and misborns um the lore there is kind of a little interesting to get that kind of background is definitely something that i enjoy for a book that way i I start to understand kind of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, we definitely touched on kind of some explanations of some stuff faster than probably most people would expect to be start introducing the magic. And uh, although we still don't know a lot of little details about it, but I guess we'll get into that. Uh, let's see. We'll just start out. So the very beginning of chapter two, well, I guess the very beginning, I almost skipped over the little epilogue. Uh, I almost said epitaph. That's, that's not. <laughs> that, that, that's something else entirely. Yeah, that's a different thing. That's that's going to be a tradition here. I'm just going to start saying a word and realize it's completely the wrong word. Epigraph <laughs> is the word at the, for the, the stuff at the beginning. And so what do you guys – we've seen two more of these now. Uh, has your y'all's thoughts on what exactly is going on with these things at the beginning of each chapter changed any? They kind of sound like diary entries. Like the, these two chapters in particular were just, you know, someone's thoughts. We're, we're traveling and, you know, the, I mean the first oh, – we're in chapter two, I guess, so – they're talking about like these terrorist prophecies. So there's a lot more that we're going to learn in this bit of information. So it got me quite curious as to who we're actually listening to. And I think we're, we're going to be presented with clues, I think, as we go along in these to who we're listening to. I don't think it's going to be obvious for a little while. Yeah, probably, hmm. I, I, go, I, I feel like it's, it's trying to make it obvious that it's the Lord Ruler, just so, you know, power is a heavy burden and everything else like that, and the previous chapters we talked about how it seemed like it was setting up to be that, but now I'm thinking, is that too obvious, and they're going to pull the rug out from underneath us, and it's like, actually, this is someone else's notes or something. I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to, I think I'm second-guessing myself a bit, but... Oh, I see. So you, it's almost too obvious for you, and you're like, maybe they're going to switch switch out on me. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's really setting up to be the Lord Ruler, but then I'm just like, nah, maybe they're going to, maybe they're, they're, pulling, they're pulling a con on us. Yeah, I, I I think it's the Lord Ruler as well. Um, I, I I'm not sure about a long con on these little these little excerpts, but I I do, I do think it's supposed to be the Lord Ruler. There is, I mean, as we get further into the like into chapter three, I think it is even yeah, I guess towards the end of it, 
we do have other characters talking about power and that, you know, not necessarily being nobility could make you more powerful and more dangerous. So, yeah, it might be a bit early for predictions in the episode, but, yeah, I I, I don't think it is the Lord Ruler. Okay. And Jamie did pick up on actually both of these epigraphs mention Terrace something or other, so it does seem like that at least they're setting up to maybe mean something. Yep. Terrace prophecies and Terrace the place. Yeah, so he actually goes to whatever place the prophecies are from, uh, whoever it is. Okay, so let's see. The beginning of Chapter 2 is uh, basically Kelsier looking at Luthadel and kind of describing it for us, which I I didn't think I ever realized before that we spent that whole chapter with Vin in Luthadel, but we didn't really get a description of the place until we get to Chapter 2 and Kelsier's kind of just staring at it. So what did you guys think of Luthadel? My first thought was that it was like Barsing Say from avatar <laughs> <laughs> i like that the city walls and very divided by class you could definitely tell how wealthy a person was by mm-hmm. yeah their, their Maybe home a darker or... bossing say with ash yeah <laughs> no avatar to come in and save them <laughs> but that was yeah the if you took the fire right. nation and crossed it with the earth nations. <laughs> that's <Yes>. depressing <laughs> Well, and you add the slave class. I don't think even Bossing Say it was bad enough that they had like slaves cleaning the streets for them twenty four seven or whatever. Like he described the ska. He's like, oh, there's always plenty of ska to you know clean up all this ash. Yes. Yeah. But they, they do. They do make a point like in this chapter though so that Tresting was uh, he, even amongst the noble he was unusually cruel. So like I don't know. I, I don't think attitudes towards the ska are uh, much better, but they might be like. You know, varying degrees of 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 crap. Like, yeah. You know, these people, these people, they still think like Scar are garbage, but not as like you know, not beating them just out of hand for no reason, sort of level of garbage. Maybe not executing their families for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Type of thing. yeah. 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 Like the way they seem to describe it, just in passing, made it seem like Tristing was the worst of the worst in the in the way he treated the Scar. So maybe like if if the Scar treated not exactly better, but not as bad. It's also quite obvious that they they need the scar. They, yeah. you know, Kelsia does make points that you know, oh, like what would happen if that wasn't if they weren't here? You know, how Ash would just bury the city. You know, they, like they need them to clean it to to have a city at all. So, yeah. I guess somebody's got to do the dirty work, and there mm-hmm. seems to be a whole lot of that in this city. Yep. Yes. Uh, let me see. Continuing here. He says there's always enough ska. He notes, uh, he talks a little bit about the uh, high nobility or the great houses and what it takes to be a great house. And uh, so it seems like some of the nobles are, you know, the richer ones or even richer than the others. Because he, he also mentions, you know, they're not all rich enough to be part of these nice houses. Some of them actually have to do some work. So we were definitely right last time, I think, in that it seems like, you know, some of the nobles are more working class. Like maybe the guys going around beating the ska in the fields and some are... Uh, higher up and we find out actually or at least what they say is why that is when he's talking about i'm trying to find that section of it where he talks about their ancestors and the lord ruler so the high nobility were favored by the lord ruler yeah and he he remembers this and keeps them in favor yeah I've, i've got the passage here the descendants of those men no matter how poor they became would always be favored so basically, it's it says that they were the men who supported him during the early years of his reign, and so that's how you become a nobleman, is you get descended from these guys who he was friends with. Uh, he's immortal, but he still remembers the kids of all his buddies. So no really moving up in class in this society. 
God, you imagine that conversation, like when you're at the Lord Ruler's palace, it's like, oh, I remember with your great 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 grandpa, we did this, and it's like, oh God, he's telling the story again. <laughs> it's like 18th birthday nightmares. <laughs> you think the Lord Ruler's the kind of guy who has like parties at his palace? <laughs> Him with his two friends. <laughs> it's called the Hill of a Thousand Spires. Apparently, it describes it in here. So, the largest business. Yeah. So that. Yeah. Could be a fun place to visit. Maybe maybe we'll get to check that out. Uh, okay, and then Kelsier, the Ash Mounts must be active. He says again, that seems to be a refrain. There's lots of Ash lately. And his friend shows up, Doxon. What did you guys think of this guy? Normal uh, novel buddy. Like normal pal. Uh, what you would expect to see as a second in the uh, kind of archetype of uh buddies in novels one one is the leader one is the uh procurer i feel like he's he's like the procurer he's the one who finds stuff or gets stuff oh really okay this is gonna sound a bit odd but it like their dynamic sort of reminded me of um leo dicaprio and joseph gordon levitt in inception doxon being like like jgl he's he's the one who's like he's not as skilled or he doesn't have like as much knowledge of these of like you know alamancy or whatever he doesn't like he doesn't have those powers but he's still very smart in his own right and he knows the lay of the land he knows the local criminals so he's like still the inf- the informant but they're still best buds yeah he definitely he definitely seems like you know they're buddies from old times here yeah they've been through a lot together and like they can still rib each other like, like when he's just like how do you accidentally kill a nobleman <laughs> He's like with with a knife in the chest. Well, actually, two knives. Two. <laughs> well, there you go. I, just, I tripped and there were knives and he's awkward. <laughs> oh, I did skip over one thing that I wanted to get get your thoughts on is that Kelsier he pulls his hood up and he's like, there might be a time when I want to be seen and recognized, but for now, anonymity would probably be better. What do you think? When would he want to be recognized? Well, he gets recognized um, later on um, by the scars, and it's just like um, Cameron or Cayman, however it's pronounced, like recognize him as the as the survivor. Then, so it's like yeah. like the hood probably helps, but really, it just seems like what he needs is long sleeves and a pair of gloves. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I guess it, it sounds like he's building some sort of like this rebellion. So he probably wants people to recognize him once things have taken hold. He's still he's still putting things together and building his um rebel forces as they were so like now it's too early he doesn't want to be running around the streets with everyone knowing who he is because he's clearly identifiable he just needs some time to be able to pull things together well that's it It, that's kind of what i was going to touch on next actually because i'm curious what you guys think dachshund and kelsier keep talking about this as a job like they they were thieves and they're they're running another thieving job so i was going to see what you guys thought so jamie you think they're like organizing a rebellion yeah probably (laughs) <laughs> whether that's the specific job or whether, you know, maybe maybe they're thieving something to like it's just another step in the rebellion, I don't know, but he's definitely mm. got bigger pictures in mind. Do you guys agree? Is that what it seems like the job is? It's it seems like if like if the job is not to start the rebellion, it's to get stuff in place for it. Like I think at one point he does admit that he's planning a rebellion, but whether or not the other guys uh in on that to start with or is it, or this is just him uh, you know, consolidating his resources and getting things ready to really get things going. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure at this point what, like, the end game is the rebellion, but I don't know if the job is the rebellion itself. It's a bit early to kick off a rebellion, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, early in early in the book or early in I mean, this is a trilogy that oh, we the, started in on here, so early in the trilogy yeah. even. Well, it could be in, in the the whole trilogy in the saga. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of books involved where <laughs> we've got yeah. a lot of plot to uncover. <laughs> it's true. What about you, Joe? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, the way they're talking about what they're wanting to do, it sounds more like a a job to steal something. At least that's the way the, everything that around what they're doing, that's that's what makes it sound like that. And I don't know that Doxon's really in on what Kelsier's ultimate goal is, especially because there is the line um, where he says, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty foolish of you to attack a provincial lord in his manor house surrounded by guards. And Kelsier says, you think that's foolhardy? You know, that was just a small diversion. You used to see some of the things I'm planning to do. So <laughs> obviously Doxon doesn't doesn't have all the information. Um, so oh, yeah. he might be thinking that this is a job just to earn some money when actually Kelsier has ulterior motives. So you think there might be a scam within the scam that's going yeah. on here? Well, and I don't think he's in it to scam his friend necessarily. I think he's more just he's got other things going on that he wants to do this job for that they don't know about. Interesting. Um, they're they're going through kind of putting their team together here, and he's talking about who they want. He's like, I want Ham and Breeze. Everyone seems to have one name. I don't know if you guys picked up on that so far, but everyone. I assume like, they're like underworld nicknames, right? Yeah, makes sense. That's a good point. What would you What would you want your underworld nickname to be, Dak? <laughs> Dak. I mean, Dak, really? <laughs> yeah. What about What about you, Jamie? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have to come back on that one. It's like that's that, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. You can't just answer. That one. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to put some good thought into that. Yeah, right. your stage I be name, Pete Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a deep cut to a movie that no one has seen. God, uh, I have, but not since it was in the cinemas. Jeez. Uh, I love oh. it. Okay, I mean, you probably don't want your name to be Ham. I just got to put that out there. That's kind of an <laughs> odd choice if you're picking. Yeah, it's like a wedge, wedge Antilles or something. I get the feeling that, um, like, it could also be if these guys are, you know, Scar or half Scar, then um, maybe like I, th- I think back to like s- sort of what I what I vaguely know of like serfs, serfs and um, peasants, and it's like, do they even have family names back then, or do mm. they all just have one name because they were just too lowborn for? To do that. Because I mean, if you don't belong to a noble house, then you don't need the noble house's name. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Like that might, one it, old guy, Mench, was it? Menace. Menace. Goodman Menace. Yeah, Menace. For, it, for some reason, that makes me think of like Game of Thrones, where it's like the the bastards don't get like last names; they just have a last mm. name based on where they were. So John is John Snow because he's from the north. Yeah, but it still denotes that they are like the bastard sons of right. highborns, like because they have a surname, even if it isn't the house one. Whereas you look at like the the um, common people from. Um, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, a lot of them didn't have um, mm. a surname at all. They just had the one name. So, like, there was a, that, that whole class structure there as well. So, it could even be that just, like, Scott don't get a last name. Yeah. Interesting. And so they start talking about, yeah, they're recruiting their teams, kind of an Ocean's Eleven moment, where it's like, so-and-so, a Breeze and Ham, they're in. What about Trap? Oh, he's dead. So, so we need to... don't a... have a smoker. Yeah. And that that was where I was kind of think going next, because there's a few words capitalized here. Smoker is one of them, and Tinai, and I was going to see if you guys had any theories about what those were going to turn out to mean. Based on the information that we were given later, which we, I guess it's covered here, so we can talk about it now. But I would assume that these are just mistings, so guys, guys are 
or ladies that only have one power. And so they use that one specific power, and that's what they're referred to as. So a tenai, I guess, burns tin and uses that power. A smoker, I, I don't know what metal it would use to to use smoke, but maybe iron. I'm not sure. But well, and we picked up actually in uh, the prologue about what tin does when Kelsier burns tin. This enhances his senses. senses. Yeah. So that uh, that actually would make sense if you were calling someone a tin eye because their eyes got better with tin. Sure. So no theories about what a smoker might be then. Well, I don't know. I mean. Like, there's this whole connection to the mists, but, mm. like, so that's, that was the thought that immediately popped in my head, but then the more we read, the, like, I've got a different idea about what the mists mean, which we'll get into um, yeah. when we start talking about Vin again. But, yeah, and no, I think Joe's nailed that one. Like, it's, like, these are the people who have one power each and have a specific role to play. And it really does remind me of the Ocean's Eleven, where they're they're like Danny and uh, Brad Pitt's character yes. are sitting there talking about it's like we need a, a Beau Duke and uh, an Ella Fitzgerald, and they have like these nicknames for the things, and you have no idea yeah. what yeah, happened yeah. even by the end of the movie. So <laughs> got to get a grease man. <laughs> oh, and then what, there, there's some movie, and I can't even think of which if, if it what it was now, but there, there's a woman on the crew and this guy's like, Oh, so you're, you're like the grease job. And she's like, no, I'm what's usually referred to as the grease man. Grease job is something else entirely, but I can't remember <laughs> the life of me where that comes from. Oh, I've, I've heard that quote, but yeah, it's just, it, I, I can't picture it. I'm going to have to look that up here in a minute when we're doing something. Else. <laughs> so, and then we find out that they're getting paid by a guy named Yedin and his rebellion, which makes sense if, uh, so apparently the rebellion is funding them to do something. Which is interesting, because that implies that Kelsey is not the ringleader of the Rebellion, or at least mm-hmm. not yet. Yeah. Oh, so you think that he's going to turn into the, kind of subsume that role from Yedin, Whether, if Yedin's the guy in charge? or I don't think he would usurp it. I don't think that seems like his style, but he might become the mascot or the figurehead for it. So, mm. um, which, which you don't have to be in charge to do. You just have to be, like, Jennifer Lawrence's character in The Hunger Games like became the mascot of their Rebellion, but she was definitely not in charge of it. That's true. She was 100% not, well, in the movies especially, not in charge of that rebellion. God, those movies. Don't get me started. Uh, um, okay. And we find out that Kelsey has a brother who doesn't particularly want to talk to him. Yeah, and, and based on what we find out later, I'm, I'm kind of interested to know if he um, is also a Mistborn or just a Misting or if he doesn't have any power. So yeah, maybe maybe there's we find out that there is a genetic component to you know getting these powers in these chapters. So yeah, would his brother be the same thing as him? And I believe towards the end uh, of chapter three, Kelsey even says he's only met one other ska mistborn in his life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that would be. It, it doesn't doesn't really go into why he doesn't want anything to do. Why Marsh doesn't want anything to do with the rebellion, does it? It's just uh, no, he he doesn't want to borrow that. Yeah, it just says uh, he won't have anything to do with the Edna and the Rebellion anymore, let alone a bunch of criminals yeah. like us. So He doesn't approve of our methods. So what, is, he, is he the former criminal trying to go straight or something like that? Yeah, well, I mean, it says he doesn't want anything to do with the Rebellion anymore, let alone criminals like us. So it sounds like he may have been involved, yeah, in one of those things, the, Rebe- he, the Rebellion, or he was a criminal. But he's above that now. But he he's also the one, we find out, that passed on the tip to Doxon about Vin. That's so, right, yeah. Uh, yes. He's definitely involved in something going on. It says that uh, Cameron tried to scam him even, so maybe he is legit now. Uh, yeah, because then Doxon's like, hey, I've got something that's going to be worth your time, 
and we cut to Vin and pretty much everybody predicted last time that the the job with Kamen and uh, Theron was not going to go uh, as planned was going to come crashing down at some point. Did anyone <laughs> think that it would happen like this and this quickly? Nope. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a bit more dramatic in its failure because I think I said Vin would have to go on the run, which didn't quite happen. But yeah, def- definitely happened a lot sooner than I expected. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, Vin warned us last time. She's like, these these crew leaders, everyone in the thieving world, they're gonna they'll turn on each other at the drop of a hat, basically. But even I never thought that Cameron would turn around in the very next chapter and betray the guy who hired him for this job. <laughs> this guy's well, got she, some balls. Well, yeah, because like she specifically talks about how like if they went along with the scheme for a bit longer, the payout would be much better. But by trying to screw it over now, like Cameron's willingly sacrificing a bigger payout um, just so it's easy for him to get off scot free, which I guess is like clever in a pragmatic sort of way. You still get some money, if not all of it. I think well, she mentioned it. too that um, is it the other guy I can't remember his name now, um, yeah. Theron, um, that he would probably double-cross Cameron as well. So the mm. longer he stayed in, it was actually more dangerous for him to be a part of it anyway because you probably end up with nothing because they're, yeah. they're all going to double-cross at some point. And he, she even says I, uh, uh, that Theron is so deep in this at the moment that by Cameron messing it up for him, basically he's going to be out of the game and he, Cameron's eliminating an adversary from the criminal world at the same time getting rid of some of his competitions, so I guess... Yeah, because Theron's been planning this and seeking all his funds into this one scheme for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also by continuing the scheme, they're putting themselves very close to Inquisitors a lot. Like, if they had actually gone through with the scheme and then tried to tried to sail these Inquisitors through these canals on their boats and then try to rob them, I feel like it, they, they would still have, you know, might have gotten caught not only that, but even if they didn't get caught in the act itself, the inquisitors or obligators or what have you um, would have would have probably figured out. Well, this is fishy that our these boats um, got robbed and that our obligators died. Um, so I don't know that it would have been very wise for any of them to continue the the scam the way they were going. I mean, it's true, I guess. Yeah, it says that they're bringing new low-level obligators up from the training facility and that banditry is a problem in the final empire. But, you know, if you knew the right moment to strike, you could maybe take these guys out and not be suspected. So they seem to think that they could get away with it. But, you know, you may be right that uh, they're still high risk. Okay, so he goes and Kamen actually manages to convince this guy, uh, this very important obligator, that uh, that he should take the deal. Were you guys suspicious at all at this point? Like I was, but largely because Vin was as well. Like Vin spends this entire meeting just going, "This isn't right. Something's mm. definitely wrong here." It all went a little too easily. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's also not right. It's also not good when when somebody you're scared of continues to smile widely at you in a, <laughs> I feel like in a story. And also, I mean, it was as soon as she used her, her skills, he was like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. It's like, it's like okay, should, probably shouldn't have done that. Did you think that uh, what, I mean, it actually turns out that they're trained to detect this sort of thing happening. But at this point, did you think that like, oh, he knows what she's doing or dot, dot, dot. I didn't think it was going to end well. I don't think I picked 
at that point that it was like, yeah, this is all over for you guys. I think once the the Steel Inquisitor and um, the other like the, the tales that they send out, like obviously at that point they're they're done for. But like it did seem a bit easy, but I didn't think it was going to go this way so quickly. So let's see. Da, da, da. They're successful. They get the money. They walk out. Vin's like, oh my gosh, it worked. Although she also says a happy obligator was always a bad sign. So she does not think that's good. And then we cut to Kelsier, who is apparently sitting in the lobby and eating red frosted cakes. <laughs> Just chilling out. And Doxon's like, what do you think? And he's like, I think that uh, the cakes are awesome. And uh, <laughs> makes sense. The ministry would have good snacks. Yeah, and just the like Doxon's reaction make you think like this is the sort of conversation they have all the time. Right. Like Doxon's always just like, All right, so how do you feel about the job? And Kelsey's just like, Man, this food is amazing <laughs> and Doxon's just like, can you sh- just get on with it? I don't have time for this crap. Yeah, again it, it reminded me of Oceans, I guess thirteen. Mm. When it's like you, you drop into the middle of a conversation between Brad Pitt and George Clooney and they're talking about something and you're like, What the heck are they talking about? It's like, Well, I told her I wasn't a pancake eater. <laughs> uh, put the, and so uh, I put the towel back on and she uh, threw the blanket down. I thought you were going to say it reminds you of Ocean's Eleven because Brad Pitt was always eating. Because he was always eating. Always right. eating, that was right? too. Every scene, always eating. That's. I think that's Brad Pitt in any movie, though. I think in every movie he's in, he's eating at some point. Well, people eat at some point, but it, he's eating in every scene every in Ocean's. Scene. It was like a whole yeah. thing. Like, and he's, he's, yeah, he, I think he said, it's like, yeah, my character is so busy, he doesn't have time for meals, so he's always eating on the go. I don't think he was doing that in, like, Troy, where he's Achilles, and he's, like, outside the city at all. It's like, yeah, let me get this shrimp cocktail going. Oh, you're you're very wrong. You're very wrong. He uh, he was eating, like, chicken legs walking around in, in Troy. It's well, in the director's go. cut, isn't it? Yeah. I've never actually watched the movie at all, so... <laughs> You can make up whatever you want. Like, he was eating ice cream the whole time. It was crazy. <sighs> God. Oh, and by the way, while we were talking, I totally found that quote that I mentioned earlier, and it makes total sense that me and Dak were the ones who had heard it, because it's from Skin Game, the last Dresden Files book. There you go. Where Harry says, how goes the grease job? And she's like, I am in this crew what is known as a grease man. A grease job is something else. <laughs> oh, Harry. Okay, sorry, sorry. That's complete side... Uh, so we find out that uh, they tried to swindle Marsh, and Marsh also caught on to what was going. Do you think he's just like trained in the same way as these obligators that he figured out what was happening, or was well, it part of his like, power if he has one? If his, if his brother is a misborn, he's probably grown up like putting up with this crap all the time. And he, so he's just come he's just come to recognize it. Yeah, it's, it's it's like all right, all right, kids, who wants the last cookie? And then Kelsey just sort of pushes Marsh to go. Oh, it's a cool. He can have it. Wow, that would be hardcore if you're from from a child learning to deal with this stuff. Oh, I guess yeah. Vin kind of is. Um, Doxon says he bribes some people to figure out where Vin was going to be, and that actually she's growing kind of famous in certain circles. It was I'm cool sure. here how like they pointed out even before, because um, obviously Vin doesn't know how her powers work. She's just somehow mm-hmm. learned to do the luck stuff, and these two are just sitting there, and within a second, like, they're talking about, all right, this is what she can do. Okay, well, it must be because of the trace minerals in the water. And, like, boom, that's that explained in a sentence. Yep. Well, and I think it probably helps that earlier in the that chapter, he, like, kind of talked about how the Lord Ruler built this city here because it's on all these metals. Yeah. And, you know, it's, like, the major industry here is, like, making metals. So it kind of fits. It's just it's just really cool how like really this is a complex set of powers 
and they're really drip feeding it to us how it all works, but they're doing it so succinct, succinctly. Having, mm. I can never pronounce that word. Um, it's just like a couple of sentences here and a couple of sentences there, and we're automatically just like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and we're just totally on board with how this all works. It's very simple but effective. Yeah, I mean, he even slips into kind of almost unnoticed a couple pages later where Kelsier downs some metal, and it says he had iron, steel, tin, pewter, copper, bronze, zinc, and brass, the eight basic metals. And it's like, we're just going to throw that in there real quick. Not going to try to explain any more right now, but there you are. There's the eight metals. Yeah, just we, Jamie and I talked about that earlier before we started. And it's like, I think the key word in that sentence was basic. So mm-hmm. that carries a whole raft of implications. Yeah, like there might be other ones that aren't quite so basic. Yep. Interesting. Um, and and uh, one of the most interesting parts of this chapter, I always feel like, is we get our first glimpse of the Inquisitors that everyone was so scared of in the last two chapters. And which, we can see why. Yeah, yeah. They're they're basically human, but they have giant uh, spikes, metal spikes, hammered through their eye sockets, sticking uh-huh. out the back of their skulls. So, uh, and Kelsey mentions them later and is like, yeah, I don't... Uh, we don't know how they live through that. So what do you guys think of these guys? The thing that got me was the fact that Doxon, when he sees it, he goes, what's that doing there? No, what, like, what is, what's that guy doing there? Or what's he doing here? But Kelsia refers to the Inquisitor as a he. So I think like on some level, Kelsia sees them as human in a way that Doxon doesn't. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the earlier they, they refer to them as somebody refers to them as creatures. So, Obviously, maybe Kelsier's learned it enough to know that they were once people. Something's happened to them that has changed them. Whereas yeah. other people are like, these are monsters. Yeah, I think if I'm remembering right, the exact quote when Trusting is thinking about them is the inhuman creatures. So, uh, yeah, uh, they're human-ish, but apparently uh, not quite human. Which, yeah, I mean, I'm a human and I couldn't have a spike pounded through my brain and live through it probably. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you yeah. think they were human at one point? Is that your, your, what you're, you're going for here, that Kelsier knows something about that? Or were they just I always... F- yeah. I feel like it, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I can't quite remember in, in the, this reference, when the, the Steel Inquisitor comes out and the Kelsier, he, he says that he's not burning anything, so they can't sense him. They're not here for them. Mm-hmm. Who was he referring to about the sensing? Was it the, the Obligator or was it the... Inquisitor. Could the Inquisitor sense it? So, let me, let me go back. I'm right on that page. It says, like all Inquisitors, he wore eye tattoos, uh, showing that he was a high-ranking member of the Canton of Inquisition. He's not here for us, Kelsier said. I'm not burning anything. He'll think we're just ordinary noblemen. So, And that is what he says in answer to Doxon's question of, what's that thing doing here? Or what's that doing here, rather? So it sounds like he's talking about the Inquisitor. So if he can sense it, you know, maybe, maybe they were part of nobility at some point, or... You know, that's maybe brings him back to thinking that they're human or were human at some mm. stage. Maybe maybe they possess some of these powers as well. And part of it, perhaps they can, you know, suppress their pain and that's how they survive. They they keep going. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't say what type of metal they've got through um, their eyes. So they could be drawing on the metal, the metal of the spikes to power their abilities. Just their, their abilities are just constantly on if they're trying to sense things happening or like sense yeah. other elements here around them who knows that's just completely pulled out of thin air yeah yeah so you think like sensing somebody because he's i'm not burning anything so you think sensing that 
somebody else is burning something. It might be an alimantic power or maybe a power that is special to the Inquisitors. Maybe that's what you get for having spikes shoved through your eyes. Yeah, possibly. I mean, if... Uh... If, if you're supposed to, if, you know, half-breeds aren't supposed to exist so that Ska can't have uh, these superpowers, then maybe having the ability to sense that power would be a useful thing if you want to kill all of them. Yeah, mm. like, weed wait, wait out the possible Ska that have learned these abilities and want to use them against the nobility. Hmm, yeah. Uh, and then Kelsier says, oh, there'll be at least two tails. Uh, can you handle uh, some of them? And Doxon's insulted by this. He's like, I said I'd become boring, not sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle a couple of ministry flunkies. And we find out later that uh, he murders those guys and they take them there and they're like, hey, dispose of these bodies for us, please. Uh, as you do. Yeah, as you do. You know, when when there's a, an obligator hanging around, you just kill him real quick and get on with it. <laughs> and we find out specifically what one of the metals does here. When Kelsier says he smiled and then burned zinc and yanked on, firmly on the Inquisitor's emotions. So that's at least two metals that they've explained what they do. Yanked is a interesting phrase for that. It's yeah. like okay, so like he's gotten his attention, but don't really say how because like we find find out when he's ta- when they're talking to Vin later, it's like you can suppress emotions or enhance them or whatever. So it's like what? So when he says yanked, like what is he actually doing to them? Mm. You talk about like Vin. Vin talks about pushing luck onto someone, doesn't she? I think so. Yes. So maybe he's a push pull yank. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a pull, push and pull, like a yin and yang thing. Hmm. Yeah. I think I think even when he's asking her to demonstrate, I'm trying to um, go there. Let's see. Uh, no, maybe not. I thought he said something about pushing and pulling, but maybe I'm imagining that. He just says, "Try to soothe me," and we already knew that you could do that. But can you damp and flame emotions also? Okay, so maybe I'm imagining things. All right, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. We've got the. <laughs> Kelsey's going to go chase after the creature, and then we move into the next chapter, where it talks about we arrived in Terrace earlier this week. And just from that one, uh, I understand where Jamie's coming from, where she's like, this sounds like a journal entry. I think that's who said that. Maybe I'm missing Yeah, it was me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what happened five minutes ago. It's very sad. (laughs) It's a bit longer than five minutes ago. (laughs) that's, That's true. So Kamen is hanging out in his lair, counting all the gold in front of all his men, even though he already knows how many are, how much gold is in there. He's like, look at all this money I made us. Yeah, he's 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 really just trying to get us like, this is all because of me. You guys all need me because I'm so awesome and I got us all this. Uh-huh. Just like, this guy has, for a good actor, he has no subtlety. It's true. Well, and we know he's good at acting as like an important nobleman. So maybe that tells us something about how important noblemen act. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and then Vin is really nervous and she wants to get out of here for a bit because she just feels like something's going to happen and she wants to take somebody with her because she doesn't want to be alone. And did you guys expect this betrayal also? Yeah, this one I saw. Uh, no, you did? Uh, well, I was shocked. I was like, really? What a jerk. It, it just seemed like this This is the cutthroat environment. Everyone betrays everyone down here, at least according to her brother who betrayed her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just seemed like, yeah, she's going to ask. Like, she asked him for help, and I just thought, ah, this is, gonna, this is not going to go well. So naturally, two pages later or whatever it was, he's just like, yep, yeah, cool, she's trying to run. I think it gave insight into, like, how her whole life has been, though. You know, she's she's got or appears to have a good heart. She's trying to do the right thing. She doesn't want to be trapped in this life. 
and you know she's always being told people are going to betray her and you know she she sees sort of that glimmer of hope and it's like maybe maybe I've got someone on my side and then she's just betrayed again anyway you know it's it's quite sad to see that that's yeah. how her whole yeah. life has been and also you know she's quite right to not trust anybody ever because she's never been able to yeah I think the saddest part for me is she's not even terribly surprised or like upset about it she's just like yeah that's what happens okay yeah just resigned to it and this time it seems like Sam uh, Kamen Salmon Kamen might not be planning on letting her uh, live through this beating yeah I, I he really goes to town on her and I think you know they kind of address that in the book it's like not only is he angry but and scared but he's also drunk so it's uh, it's a bad combination for sure yeah and he also thinks she was off to betray him to the ministry which would get all of them killed so if you actually think that about somebody it's probably not somebody you feel like you can keep around oh, here we go it, do, it does it does mention here that she's pushing against him when she's trying to use her luck on him mm. but she runs out if i remember right yeah, she she used she uses it all up and it's not enough. So yeah, pushing against Kamen, calming his fury, and it almost kind of works for a second, and then it does not. Yeah. And she's like, he won't kill me. He needs me, but maybe not. And then things change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very dramatic entry here. Which I mean, we've only known him for a minute, but it totally seems Kelsey's style to. Oh yeah. Uh, have a dramatic entry. So what did you guys think of what what all happens here with Kamen and the other thieves? We'll just kind of as a whole thing here. Because Doxon even ends by being like, I think you were a little harsh on him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, yeah, Kelsey is just really trying to play out the dramatic thing. I, I feel like the thing I got in my head is like he's just thinking these are just like street thugs and I need to talk to them in a language they all understand. So he just comes in and he's just instantly trying to be like, I'm in control of this room. I've knocked you later down. Like, I am in charge of this situation. You will do whatever I say, or I will just straight up murder you. Scaring them into submission. Yeah. Yeah. Because clearly, I mean, the way that Dachshund's talking about him, and and the fact that they know who Dachshund and Kelsier are, obviously, at some point, they've had some kind of working or at least knowledgeable relationship with one another. Um, So Dachshund's obviously not, not one to be saying, yeah, we need to get rid of all these thugs. Obviously, he treats them with some kind of modicum of humanity and respect. And Kelsier, he thinks Kelsier did not, did not treat them the way that they should have been treated in this particular instance. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you agree that he was too, too hard on Kamen in the end? No, I think he had more knowledge of what, of how come on, come on was than Dachshund does because of his extra powers. So I'm just, I'm going through here. We're going to kind of skim through this quickly, but Kamen really makes an effort, even after he gets knocked down by Kelsier, and Kelsier's using what Vin recognizes as her luck to like calm everybody at once. But Kamen's like, Master Dachshund, what what a surprise. This is this is great. And then he gets knocked down again. When he's like, Master Kelsier, oh my gosh. And yeah, he, Kelsier's just like, I'm not interested in listening to you. That's interesting, like that like they they all know Kelsier's name, but they also know him as the survivor of of Hearth Sin. Mm. So I feel like there's obviously they're building towards the story of how the hell he survived that. Um, but yeah, he's a local legend, not just like, you know, you get, you get these legends of people where they're like, they're known by their title, but these people know Kelsey, both by the title and his name. So I think that's, that makes a hell of a difference. 
just want yeah. to see how that plays out. There's no indication that the ska back at Trusting's plantation knew him by name, but they're like, oh, we know you're the survivor. We've heard about you. Yeah, and they knew how to look for it as well. It's like, it's like I, I, I know those scars. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Kelsier gets all their money, makes somebody else the crew leader, and was like, I want you to, I want him to live, but I don't want him to enjoy it about Cam. And they're like, oh, we'll make him a, a, a beggar. Well, it's like, I feel, I feel like he's just really cut Cam, like, um, Cammon's power among these guys down a bit because he points out, it's like, yeah, your boss went into a meeting uh, at the ministry and uh, and then he led uh, two scouts, a prelate and an inquisitor back here, which would have killed you all if we hadn't dealt with them. And mm-hmm. everyone's just like, Cammon did that? Like, he nearly got us all killed by an inquisitor. It's like, what the hell, man? So, yeah. yeah. Like, you just just in one, in one swoop, Cammon's power base among his followers has just been annihilated. I mean, I, n- I never even really thought of it that way, but it's kind of true. Like, I mean, he knock- Kelsier knocks him down physically and stuff and clearly shows he's more powerful than him. But that doesn't mean anything to the, the street people. He's more powerful than all of them. But it's the fact that he fucked up big time as a crew leader that they're like, OK, yeah, we don't yeah. need him in charge. That's a really yeah. good point. And then, he put, and then he just says, I dealt with the Inquisitor. And everyone's just like, what? no one deals with an Inquisitor. <laughs> That's not gonna I hurt think they, his they all sort of jump to, you know, they, that he killed the Inquisitor as well, which we find out that he didn't. Maybe it's just normal in this, like, crime environment to be like, that's what dealt with means. Or somebody's like, handle him, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Vin jumps directly to that. He's like, this guy's implying he killed an Inquisitor. Yeah, it's like, aren't they meant to be immortal? And then uh, they decide they're going to have their meeting here. And they kick the guys who are normally here out. They're like, okay, everybody leave. We want to talk to Vin. And everyone's like, how does, how does he know Vin? Uh, and he's, Kelsier says, including the guys you have in the back watching through the holes, they also need to get out. And and, uh, and, and take the bodies we left behind with you. Yep. Like, just take care of the, the dead ministry spies. That is, you know, that's grunt work. Oh, goodness, I love Kelsier in, in this whole chapter, actually. We're, we're about to get to one of my favorite lines ever, but... Kelsier's just like, ha ha, that was so much fun intimidating those guys. And uh, Dachshund oh, says, he so is. And then Dachshund says he was insufferable before. I don't know how I'm going to handle this new reputation of yours with a straight face. And so, I mean, do you guys think that's just the reputation of being the survivor? Like suddenly he's a legend in addition to whatever he was before? Yeah, I think so. And now these guys are going to spread the story of what he did here. And it's like, yeah, we came face to face with Survivor Patterson, and it is messed up what he can do. <laughs> yeah. And I think in this chapter, one of the most interesting things is the insight we get into Vin as these things are happening. Because she realizes that this guy's using luck, and then he wants to talk to her. And the whole time she's trying to, f- she's thinking, how do I handle this? I have to stay at least long enough to find out what he knows about this power that I have. And what's the best, like, act to put on to get what I want from these people. She, she's just come off the back of one betrayal. one, So that's that's still got to be really fresh. And now she's just thinking, it's like, okay, so everyone betrays you. How are these guys going to betray me as well? How can I get what I need and get away before they do? Is mm-hmm. her entire mindset. Do you think that mindset might be a problem going forward? I'd say so. It's going to be hard to shake that mentality, given she's had to live with it her entire life. That's all she knows. Do you think Vin would betray someone else? Uh, maybe if she got the wrong information. Well, I mean, from Cameron's perspective, she betrayed him. So it's true. Ted, in in, a, in in from a certain point of view, she already has. Well, like, we know that's like not what she intended, but mm-hmm. 
it doesn't it, it still feeds that narrative where everyone betrays everyone because like this crew thinks oh she's trying to run out she's trying to betray us so there you go right that's probably the assumption you make when you're in that environment is that you know also it doesn't help the way that she doesn't explain anything to left when she's talking to him she's like it's something with the ministry i just want to get out of here and i was like okay well that was the wrong thing to say because that's yeah, yeah for sure but anyway so kelsey and dachshund are trying to make friends with her and they're like hey you want something to drink and they have to ask her like three times while she's like how do i how do i manipulate this for my own advancement and then she eventually wants ale and kelsey's like i'll have to work on that <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> bad taste and then Kelsier keeps talking about like his air of mystery and so on and so forth. And he eventually says that he's a crew leader, but not like the crews that uh, that she's probably known. So this the whole thing, all of Kelsier and Dachshund's interactions with all these people, it's it's been in this perspective of it's like this is a thieving crew, they're doing a thieving job or something like that. And he's still he's like I'm the crew leader, I'm basically Camin, but for like a better class of criminal. This city needs a better class criminal, and he's going to give it to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Uh, and she's like, you're a nobleman? And he says, Dachshund says, Lord, no. And then, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was like, that, that, that's actually pretty offensive. Uh, and we find out that this is another one of those questions from last time answered. They, uh, Kelsier and Vin, at least, are half-breeds, which are not supposed to exist. Yep. And she says the Ministry hunts them. And this is where we get our little explanation of Mistings versus Mistborn. Yep, he's like, we're neither of us is technically a Misting, even though the guy said that. They just couldn't, they couldn't imagine what it, them, what they actually are, which is a Mistborn. Or they don't, they just don't know the terminology. I'm sure. Well, it's it's, it's interesting that Doc's got mistaken for a Misting as well, and it's like, does that feed his reputation? People think he has a power that he actually doesn't have. Mm, maybe. I mean, I guess we don't know. Do they say for a fact that Docs does not have a power? Well, I mean, Kelsey says neither Docs nor I are technically Mistings. Oh, okay. um, yep. and, and, and Kelsey points out he's only ever met one other Scar, Mistborn. Mm-hmm. So that would imply that Doxon is neither of those things. Yep, that's a good point. It's math. One plus one. <laughs> <laughs> good old <laughs> math. Uh, my teacher said I would use it after school. <laughs> <laughs> So never, never pull on the emotions of an obligator. That's very important. Don't let the Inquisitor catch. I, I like this part, too, because they're like, don't listen to those legends about Inquisitors. Now that he's lost his trail, your trail, he can't find you again. And the Dachshund's like, well, probably. He's like, yeah, yeah, we still don't know a lot about those guys, actually. Uh, and then we get this one line. Uh, if it were only a regular misting seeker on your trail, then we wouldn't need to worry. But an Inquisitor, well, we don't know. So that's another capitalized word that seems like something about this power but but here, here's my favorite bit in possibly the entire series is where they're like hey you're not drinking and she's like well you might have slipped something in he goes no no there's no need for me to put something in your drink after all you're gonna drink this mysterious this vial of mysterious liquid quite willingly <laughs> he's just such a smug asshole and it's amazing it really is but i guess that's, that's just part of his charm like he's just so confident in everything that you're naturally drawn to agree with what he says mm, maybe you are <laughs> you don't agree from, that from, she's gonna drink the vial of mysterious liquid? Oh yeah, she does, but she makes him drink half of it first. Yeah, she is extremely paranoid. Do you think that this is a good idea? I mean, it's definitely good for her to be paranoid of drinking a random vial of liquid that a stranger pulls out and says, <laughs> "Hey, you can see there's weird stuff in here. You wanna drink some?" 
I mean, yeah, she's all, all, she already acknowledged that you might have slipped something in the ale. Like, she's thinking this through. She's always thinking it through. So, which, I mean, could be, like, it could really backfire. She could be this ticking time bomb that's just going to be a big problem down the future. But, you know, she thinks it through. She thinks the situation through, which I think would be a really big asset in certain situations. Yeah. Well, probably her whole life so far, it's been an asset to be kind of paranoid about everybody. At least that's the way it seems from what we've seen of her life. Yeah. Mm. Uh, an, al- an alternate line he could have used is like, I don't need to slip anything in it. Look, there's heaps of crap in it already. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Vin finds out that there are different types of luck, as she's still calling it. And we get into some some pretty uh, thick explanation. Like, it's all, it's all uh, what do you call it? Exposition. exposition exposition that's the word thank you but i really enjoy this exposition like i think it works really well here well see, it's like like i was saying before it's simple but effective in how it shows mm. it yeah for sure like it like it does it doesn't take like 12 like 12 huge paragraphs across a dozen pages um to explain this quite easy. it just explains it you know very neatly very tidy and very briefly enough yeah. that we understand exactly how it works without just like overloading us he explains how, you know, you have to be nobility to have this skill or uh, one of these skills or at least have nobility in your close background, which I mean, if the criteria for being nobility is that you are one of these guys who supported the Lord Ruler in the very beginning, how do you guys think it works that that's also the only source of this power is you have to be nobility? I assume it came from the Lord Ruler. So as Wasn't in, it like, a everyone's descended? No, not at, not everyone's descended. Like he, the Lord Ruler, and all the ans- their ancestors, like somehow tapped into this power. Maybe the Lord Ruler himself figured out a way to tap into this power, and he kind of gifted it to them. That's that's the only thing I can really come up with at this point. It was a reward for you know being on their side. I guess right. they had nobility, but you know then you yeah they also had this power. Right. Because my assumption is that with how long they said that the Lord Ruler has lived, that he's like the ultimate mistborn like manipulator. Like he has all the powers, he uses them perfectly. He's been able to use them to such an effect that it's kept him alive for a thousand years. So you think maybe like one of these powers helps you stay alive, basically? Yeah, I mean, if he lives in a city that's completely. You know, surrounded by metal, obviously he he's done that on purpose. So he's using the same types of powers to an, to whatever extent to keep himself alive and the ruler. So you think he needs the metal too to use these powers? So that's why he made a city on metal, basically. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Makes sense. And like the chief export of the city is also mines, so he always has right. access to all the metals he needs. And if there are fancier metals than these basic metals, then he's probably got like access to every type of metal he he could ever want. So he, he's 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 got maybe these same powers, but he's figured out how to use them better than other people. Is why he gets to be the Lord Ruler, who's lived for however many hundreds of years or whatever it is. Yeah. And so maybe like, you know Vin or Kelsier could figure out the same thing. Potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm not sure how long you would need to live to figure out things like that. Presumably this also ties into why some families are favored more than others, because they'd be the ones that he gifted. Maybe, maybe, like maybe some of the families he gave one power to, to make them mistings and other families he gave 
all the powers and made a Mistborn. So, like, even if, like, the Mistborn families are more impoverished, he still favours them because, like, they're the ones who got all the powers, like... Mm. So, the, the the better you were for him at the very beginning, the more power your family has. Or, yeah, potentially. I mean, perhaps all the Mistborns are somehow descendants of the Lord Ruler, I don't know. Although, the way they describe it, it seems like a genetic anomaly, so... It well, definitely doesn't, doesn't really seem to breed true. He does need descendants. He's been alive uh, for yeah. however long, so... Yeah, I feel like the implication is he thinks he's going to live forever, so he doesn't need a family mm. to carry on his legacy. Like, he is the legacy. Yeah, but I mean, every person in power, even if they don't need descendants, uh, you know, they may have children running around. I guess, yeah. Let's see. Da, 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 da. We find out that Vin's mom was a prostitute, but her father was a high prelon in the steel ministry. And Kelsey are like, oh, that's ironic. They're supposed <laughs> to stop that shit from happening. Also, she just casually remembers in her narration that, oh, yeah, mom tried to kill me once. I vaguely remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I vaguely remember. My brother saved me. Maybe that explains why she stuck with her brother so long. Yeah, but I'm just like, that is a hell of a bomb to drop just in passing. Yeah, right? that's true. I mean, I, the assumption I'm making is that when she found out she had these powers, it, it freaked her out or made her think of her dad. So she was like, I got to kill this evil thing. Or she th- feared for her own life because she knew they would chase after after her to try to get to Vin. So here at the end of the chapter, the, they come down to the explanation that there are mistings with one of the eight basic powers, is how he puts it. So it, it sounds like if... There are more than just the eight basic metals. There are not mistings of those other metals, or at least that's kind of the implication that Kelsier gives here. Or there are Mistborn who have all of the power. So you either get one or none or everything. And Vin is a Mistborn. Roll credits. She's she's a title a title character. That's where they got the title. <laughs> <laughs> so and it he ends with saying. Vin's like, okay, well, what does all that mean? And he says that it means that if you'd been born a nobleman, you would be one of the most influential people in all the final empire, but you weren't born a nobleman, which means you don't have to play by their rules, and that makes you even more powerful. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Yeah, exactly. That's a very dramatic... Once again, Kelsier like, has a dramatic entrance and a dramatic <laughs> oh, yeah. end to the chapter. He's just like, drama yeah. all the way. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you guys think here? And just, you know, just, like, like I said, it's a lot of exposition here, but I felt like it was done really well. And it was a good, they're still not explaining every little thing. You know, we don't know what each of the medals does yet or anything like that, but we have a good idea about kind of where the powers come from and kind of how they work. Yeah, look, we know, we know what we need to know for where we are in the story. And I guess you, you do start thinking about what those other medals do. I mean, we know... When when Kelsier drinks the medals, you know he's got strength, clarity, power, a, a, and um, emotion. We know Zinc is with emotion, so we don't necessarily know which medals are doing which yet. But these are the type of powers that we sort of expect to see, and the fact that you can enhance something or dull something, you know, maybe you know that, like that's four effects and eight medals. I think maybe that's how that's going to work out. You know, one dulls and one one strengthens, and mm. especially given that Kelsier to test. Vin, he gave her two metals, not eight, to see what she could draw on. He specifically gave her two, one of which, you know, he already knew what effect it would have, and then the other was the opposite. So we don't know which one's necessarily which yet, but I think that's how that would work. Yeah. 
one. And I mean, we were talking about it in terms of push and pull earlier. So maybe that's kind of falls into the same thing. I like, it's an interesting idea that there's four kind of sets or four like skills and then one kind of, yeah, the opposites of each other. Yeah. That would be very, uh, symmetrical at least, I guess. (laughs) I think it's interesting as well to see, you know, we know Kelsey has been through some pretty terrible things, um, and it's sort of somewhat a miracle that he survived. And we know that Vin has been through some like terrible, obviously terrible emotional times and just living in fear, but physical pain. And she says a number of times throughout the chapter that the pain is fine. Like she can deal with the pain. It's only going to make her stronger. You know, perhaps she's drawing on those medals and, and Kelsey are the same thing to survive. You know, they dull their own pain and, and that's sort of how they get through you said, all those really tough like, times. It makes them survivors. Also, we were talking before, and you said you thought that was how he survived the pits of Hathsin as well. Mm, yeah, that's my theory. By drawing on the power of these metals, he managed to survive the pits. Yeah, he's dulling, dulling the pain, dulling that sense, mm. perhaps. Okay. Well, I guess let's get into the predictions segment. Anybody have? Anybody want to start out with any predictions about where things are going to go from here? I feel like we actually several of the predictions from last time panned out and that was just in two chapters so <laughs> yeah it moved a lot faster than we all thought mm-hmm. Dak, come on what do you got for <laughs> predictions um, for next i don't have a good prediction one. of what's i don't have predictions for what's going to come next but i got a prediction i got sort of a idea of maybe the world building which might come into play later i might be totally wrong i don't know from the prologue they were talking about the mist fiends and we didn't know what they were and now oh, that we mist know rates. Mist rates. Mist rates, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Mm, yeah. And in this chapter we find out, oh yeah, you know, there's trace metal in the waters of the city, and that's how Vin was getting her powers. Like even just like trace amounts would give her enough to like pull off these just little touches here and there. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think to myself, alright, so the metal's in the water, and if the mist like you know, mist is entirely water based, going through a volcanic region where there's all these minerals like in the ash being deposited everywhere, so the mist must have a lot of minerals throughout it as well. So maybe the mist wraiths are mistings or mistborns who have just been out in the mist for too long, absorbed too much metal out of there that they couldn't control, they couldn't get away from because you're constantly breathing it in. And mm. like that's how they've become wraiths. They've just gone insane from being stuck out there too long. So they're kind of crazy people with with these powers that are out there. Instead yeah. of, I guess, like actual ghosts or magical, well, like magical beyond the powers that we're establishing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Like I said, it, c- it could be entirely wrong, but like when they talk when they were talking about trace elements in the water, I just thought, oh, what, maybe like we extrapolate that because we know the mists come every night apparently. Mm-hmm. So like if you like if you're a misting and you're stuck out there, you're going to be inhaling it constantly. Yeah. Okay. I like and, that. Constant supply. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't know what happens if someone does have too much metal in the system that they can deal with. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> okay, Joe, what do you got? Prediction. Oof. Um. Well. Uh, I predict that we will see some kind of heist-like scam. I predict that it will not necessarily go as planned, but that hopefully that scam will reveal more of uh, the plot of what Kelsier's motives are and what he's doing and what he's planning on doing. Okay. Do you think that the if if the, if that's kind of the main thing we're starting with at least is this scam? Do you think that's going to be like this whole book or like the first third of the book or? Uh, no, I would guess that this is going to be done maybe like the next couple of chapters. Okay. 
Interesting. What about Jamie? What do you have? Look, I gotta say, I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just I, there's so much information mm-hmm. at the moment. I really like Dak's idea about the mist. We also know that Kelsey is not afraid of the mist, so you know that makes sense. He understands it a bit more. I really in the like the epigraph with this this diary type thing. I think I don't think it's the Lord Ruler. Okay. But I'm not sure it's someone that we've necessarily met. And I think there's a lot to sort of unpack about those as we, well, I think as we get further along, there's going to be a lot of clues and, and things in there. But, yeah, in terms of prediction, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Okay. And before, before we're done with the prediction section, I want to ask you guys for a specific, maybe not even prediction so much, maybe what you would like to see. But we know from the tech so far that there are at least eight powers and Jamie had a theory kind of about them being in groups for like, and we know that at least two of them do work that way because we've seen dampening emotions and inflaming emotions are two of the eight. And we've seen that tin is one of the eight and it kind of enhances your senses. So that leaves at least five powers that we have not seen. What do you guys think or what would you guys like to see maybe as what some of these powers, the remaining five powers do, keeping in mind that we do know that Kelsier managed to use some of them to murder an entire house full of people. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, um, I would hope, since we're talking about opposites, that if tin allows you to enhance your senses, that there's some metal um, that would do the opposite, where you could shut off the senses of somebody. Um, and maybe that's what smoking is. I don't know. That would kind of fit with what Jamie was talking about with, like, kind of dampening your ability right. to feel pain if one of them, like, dampens your senses. Yeah, but or I mean, completely shutting off the senses of somebody completely, uh, you know, that'd be a great way to be stealthy or not be seen by somebody if you basically just completely destroyed their senses for a certain amount of time. That's um, terrifying. So it's like out of nowhere, someone hits right. you with power and now you can't see or hear anything. Yes, right, I, exactly. That, that is a scary thought. I agree. So I'd like to see something like that. Uh, I'd also really like to see some kind of enhancement, uh, kind of in action. So we we know we know Kelsier used his powers to basically completely destroy this Lord's banner, his guards, the Lord himself. I, you know, I just kind of I'm ready to get into some action where we actually see that play out. Okay. Jamie, what do you think? What, what what kind of powers will we see, or do you want to see? Well, I think like at the moment these these medals are really dealing with with people and strength and the mind and and things like that. You know, are we going to see anything that like interacts with the world around them, with other with other things, with other elements, maybe, or the the, the fact that these are eight basic metals that really sort of tells me that there is more to see. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm excited to see what that what that brings. I don't know how that would work necessarily. Yeah. All right. What about you, Dak? What do you want to see? What do you think we'll see? Um, I just think it's interesting that the three powers that we have seen so far are all sort of really subtle. You know, you, know, like you calm other people's senses or you enhance your own um, or you enhance other people's senses. And it's like, okay, so are they all going to be like that sort of subtle... Like like people like people being manipulated um, in some way sort of powers, or 
I don't know, is that one of the powers just like full on turns you into Magneto and you fly through the air and just fling metal <laughs> at people. I mean, it would be cool, but just from what we've seen, I don't know if it fits. So I guess we just need, I just need to see more of them to understand what some of the others are. Cause like, yeah, the three we've seen are all fairly subtle. And mm. I guess we need to see if there are any that just have a uh, really flashy and dramatic, uh, which, you know, I'm sure Kelsey will um, show us if that turns out to be the case. Um, right. You'd think if there's a flashy dramatic power, Kelsier's got to be an expert in that, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's like this, and this is this is the power that that kicks the door in without touching it or something. I don't know. It's mind control. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They talk about. I think it was in the prologue. You know, these powers that he still doesn't really understand, and I think in a very short amount of time, I think it really only sort of becomes a th- you know a few weeks really. But he's he's learnt either learnt so much or. There's so much more coming. Mm. So, you know, he's he's not an expert at it yet. How much of it is him putting on a show for something that people don't really understand as well? You yeah. know, what what's going to happen when we do come into contact with maybe nobility who are also Mistborn that have a much better grasp over this power? I think mm. it'll be really interesting to see how that works. Yeah, you wouldn't want Vin going up against one of them when she doesn't know anything about anything yet. But there's got to be some mm. of them out there from what we're reading, so... Yeah. Mm. So, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll. Th- they've been pretty good about explaining things quickly so far. So, for all we know, you get explanations of all this in the next chapter, or maybe it'll take half the book for us to learn about these things. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we are, according to my Kindle, exactly ten percent of the way through the book at this point. Oh. So, oh. Um, it's uh, yeah. If if it keeps going at this rate, uh, you know, not. It's a big book when you look at it, but my Kindle just says we're ten percent through at the beginning of chapter four. So is that yeah, that's where we are. So yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying us so far. And for next week we will do chapters four and five. So read those and we will get into those. And hopefully I mean this one this episode actually went about the length a little bit longer still, but I think we kinda were less dragging than last time and less bogged down. So that's good. And there was some good discussion. So I think, I think we're moving in the right direction guys and lady. <laughs> right. You can put me in guys. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Good to know. So yeah, but guys is a very catchable term down here. Okay. True. <laughs> um, so yes, chapter four and five, everybody, if anybody's reading along as you're hearing this, although no episodes have gone up yet, so you couldn't possibly be uh, reading along quite yet. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying, I'm still trying to decide whether two or three episodes we want to have in the bag and edited before releasing the first one. But uh, so maybe, maybe this Tuesday, maybe next Tuesday, I will be putting out the first one on the website and you have to have at least apparently like three before you can be listed on Apple podcast or anything. So really? uh, like three hmm. available to listen to is what I was reading. I don't even know if that's true. This is my first time experiencing all of this. So I'm finding lots of advice online. So yeah, we may not even get on, on that wider network until then, until the first three come out. But you know, as long as we're having fun, then who cares, right? People can listen yeah. when they feel like it. We'll do this again next week for the next two chapters. And to anybody out there who's listening, thanks a lot. You can email us. It is the Sanderlanch at gmail.com. And the website is www.thesanderlanch.com. I figured out today. I thought it worked without the www. It did not. I'm learning things all the time also. And um, <laughs> we will have a Facebook page up by the time that you're reading this. And I've already got the Twitter account set up. So you can contact us in a variety of ways. Just uh, I'm. 
I, I may have to screen some things to make sure that nobody's yelling spoilers that one of you guys is going to see. But we'll uh, we'll have to see how that goes. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Just a quick note, I'd like to add our intro and outro music is courtesy of Miracle of Sound, which uh, Gav is an amazing artist. You can find him on Bandcamp or Amazon or on Patreon, where he's one of the only people that I support. But he generously offers to let podcasts use his music as long as he is properly credited. Great guy, amazing music. Please check him out.